Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. is CEO Essence with your host, Renee Marotta. Renee believes that when a woman balances her feminine intuition and connects with her inner masculine decisiveness and drive, she can excel in every aspect of her life. CEO Essence is about compassionate leadership. So now, please welcome the host of CEO Essence, Renee Marotta. Hello, this is Renee Murata. I'm your host. This is CEO Essence, and we are on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Compassionate communication. When we're in a leadership role, being able to communicate compassionately is something that helps build teamwork. It helps build relationships within the team. It helps build... Um, it, it just helps every part aspect of your business. So we're going to talk a little bit about compassionate communication and what are those components. When we look at what compassionate is, compassionate is defined as feeling or showing concern or sympathy for others. And communication is devi- defined as the imparting or exchanging of information or news. When we put those two things together, we're, we're really talking about imparting news in a compassionate way, in a compassionate fashion. We're talking about um, that ability to communicate in such a way that we're not hurting someone else's feelings unnecessarily in a way that is coming from the heart space. When we practice compassionate communication in the workplace, we are we become more trustworthy. If you're in a leadership role, people trust you more. They are more willing to go that extra mile for you because you're showing that you're able to also go the extra mile for them. So there's a it builds it builds bridges between you and the other person. It becomes a place where there is that open collaborative kind of energy. Last week we talked about coming from the heart space and or um, feeling into the energy of another person's words and feeling something in your in the gut or in your rib cage. And so, when we come from a heart space, that is a compassionate kind of energy. It comes from um, that openness and that ability to see another person and their worth, and also seeing our own worth. So we're going to talk a little bit more. I'm going to share with you a little bit more about um, 
throughout the day or throughout this hour here, self-worth, you know, when we're looking at compassion, seeing our own self-worth, we're going to talk about uh, other self-worth. I'm going to talk about a little bit more about listening with compassion and integrity, being able to be open and honest with somebody. And I'm going to share some stories that I have with you. Let's start with a story that I have of a young man that works with me. And when I, he, he was a very bright young man. He had very little self-esteem, but he was a fantastic, fantastic employee. And he really desperately wanted to be in a leadership role. However, he, he really lacked that leadership skill. He lacked that ability to, to really connect with other people, even though he really wanted to. So we had a, an audit that we worked on together, and it was, um, it was a challenge to work with him because he really he was trying so much to prove himself and prove that he was good and prove that he could do the job that he, he, he really had no self-compassion. So at the end of the audit, he asked me to sit down with him and he says, Renee, could you, could you really tell me how I'm doing? How do you think I'm doing? Do you think I'll ever be able to be in a leadership role? And so I shared with him, I said, you know, um, yes, let's, some of what I have to say to you might be difficult, right? It might be difficult for you to hear. I said, I will be very honest with you. And so I shared with him where I saw him being and where I saw his weaknesses and where I saw his ability to expand and to grow some opportunities for growth. I shared it in a manner that was kind but honest in a way that uh, was intended to help him. So I was communicating with him compassionately. I could see his self-worth and I didn't want to take away, I could, excuse me, I could see his worth. I didn't want to take away his self-worth and I didn't want to diminish his self-worth in any way, shape or form. So I, I was striving to communicate in a way that was expansive for him. He ended up leaving my company several months later and he went to work for another company in a leadership role. When the other company called me for a referral, I was able to give them one. And I said, you know, he's got great qualities and if somebody is willing to mentor him, he would be a great, great leader. Ran into him recently, about a, a year, a little over a year after he left my company and he sat, we sat down and went to lunch and he said to me, you know, that conversation that you and I had where you shared with me some of the areas that I had to grow in, some of the uh, my strengths and my weaknesses, and you, he says, the way you communicated that with me made such an impact for me. He said, uh, I want to thank you. He said, some of it was very difficult for me to hear. I didn't, he goes, I'll be honest, I didn't like some of what you had to say to me. He said, but I... I'm aware of the fact that you were trying to say it in such a way as to help me grow, to help me expand, to help me see the, the potential, my own potential. And he says it's forever changed how I look not only at myself, but it's changed forever how I look at my team now and how I communicate with my team. He says I, whenever I have a difficult conversation to have with somebody, I think about how you handled that conversation with me. And he goes, and so I'll sit down with them and have a conversation much like you did. I'll tell them, you know, some of this may be difficult to hear, but I really want to help you. I think you're doing a fantastic job. Here are some areas of, of potential growth for you. So I chose to communicate compassionately with him. And it's not a... It's not a pity kind of energy. It's not a placating kind of energy, which I think some people perceive it that way. That's the, like the negative side of things, the, the distorted energy that goes is around that compassion. Instead, it's, it's, a, it's an openness. It's a heartfelt openness with which I choose to communicate with people. And when we choose that path, 
there's there's opportunity for growth in all areas. It was a learning opportunity for me as well because it was a difficult conversation to have with him, but I really tapped into my heart space. You know, we talked last week about listening with with our body and I really tapped into the heart space and thought, okay, this young man, there is a lot that needs to be said to him in order for him to achieve what he, and accomplish what he wants to achieve and accomplish. So how do I do that? So I, I really focused on what words were coming out of my mouth before they came out of my mouth. Compassionate communication is possible. So we need to go on a break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about self-compassion. French Rastafarian baker Chef Ugmat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Sheikh Uvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ugmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. If you seek a courageous advocate, prepare to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations. Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. Welcome back. We are on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is Renee Murata. You are listening to CEO Essence. Just before our break, I was sharing with you a story about... um, communicating compassionately with a young man. And uh, I wanted to kind of expand into that, into self-compassion, because it was a it was an opportunity for him to learn how to see himself with compassion. And I, I believe that there are a lot of people that struggle with this one, you know, and I, I know for women in particular, it's, it's a challenge. I know for me, it's been something that I've struggled with over the years, we tend to want to do everything exactly right. We want to do everything perfectly. We, we, you know, when I got married, I wanted to be the perfect wife, the perfect mom, the perfect daughter-in-law, the perfect daughter. I already was that. Um, so, you know, but I, there was a lot of, of standards that I set for myself. You know, I had, I was still going to school and I had always achieved good grades. And so now I'm a, a mom. I have two kids in the house and I'm going to school and I'm, you know, I'm just drive, driving. And so the self-talk starts becoming very negative and very challenging when, when we don't have self-compassion. And this young man, he really struggled with that self-talk. And that was something that he and I talked about during our conversation. He was sharing with me some of the self-talk, some of the, the, um, challenges that he had faced. He knew that he was, quote, slightly different, unquote, than the other kids that he went to school with. And so he had always struggled with that self-talk. So it opened up for me a, um, it was an eye-opening experience because I I realized that, well, gee, I do that too. I have that self-talk too. And 
you know, I was able to look at him with compassion and see, okay, I can be compassionate with him. Why can I not be compassionate with myself? So um, that conversation was a two lear- two-way learning street. You know, I ended up kind of doing some self-evaluation that evening and over the next couple of weeks and realizing that, wait a minute, it's okay for me to be compassionate with myself. It's okay for me to see myself in a loving, kind way. It's okay for me to make mistakes. It's okay for me to um, have failures. As long as I don't don't dwell on it and kind of roll around in it and let it consume my world, then it's okay. And I can I can be kind to myself. Self-compassion is not self-pity. It's not the same thing. Self-compassion is seeing yourself with kindness. It's 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 is being able to look in the mirror and say, you're a good person. I see you as a good person. Self-pity is feeling sorry for yourself and it's kind of that, uh, it's a more dramatic, oh my gosh, I can't do this and oh. You know, we've all done it. We all have that in and it's okay once in a while. My dad used to tell me it's okay to have a five minute pity party. And so I've gotten pretty good at allowing myself a five-minute pity party, and then I roll myself into that self-compassion. Okay, now my my pity is over. I'm going to be kind to myself, and I'm going to acknowledge that I've made a mistake, and I'm going to move forward. So when you're when you find yourself with that kind of negative self-talk, try using some statements like, um, "I try to be understanding and accepting of myself." You know, try, try when, you know, if you're able to be compassionate with somebody else, try using the same statements that you would use on them with yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror, practice it. If it's difficult for you to do that, look at yourself in the mirror and say it to yourself. You know, and if you need to imagine that it's somebody else that you're speaking to, then do that. Practice that self-compassion. It is not weakness to be compassionate with yourself. You know, there, there are others that say, okay, um, if, you're, if you're easy on yourself, then it's a weakness. Well, no, it's not. It's, research has shown that self-compassion is a very powerful, powerful coping mechanism. You know, if you make a mistake and you give yourself a, a little bit of a break, allow that it's it's a self-compassionate thing it's not a weakness we are so hard on ourselves we're harder on ourselves research has shown this we are so much harder on ourselves than we are on other people why is that why is that what's driving that you know if you listen to yourself talk is it really as negative as the people around you are speaking to you i'm sure most of the time it's at least 10 times as worse than what you're hearing, actually hearing from other people most of the time. But practice that self-compassion. Allow yourself to forgive yourself. Allow yourself to to see yourself as a, a worthy being. It is not, self, self-compassion is not the same as self-esteem. Okay, so that's what this young man, he struggled with self-esteem and he struggled with self-compassion. His self-esteem, he knew, was something that he struggled with. And because of that, he the negative talk went uh, very deep. It, it went very deep for him. And so when he started practicing that self-compassion, it brought his self-esteem up. The thing about self-esteem is when somebody doesn't say something nice to you, self-esteem is more fragile than self-compassion. Self-esteem is something that um, is easier to hurt than self-compassion, I have found. And research has backs that up. So if you're, um, if you're practicing self-compassion, you're dealing with who you are with kindness and acceptance, especially when you don't feel well uh, or you don't feel like you've done well with something. If you've failed at something, if you've... Um, I don't know. I, you know, I, I've, I've lost clients. 
um, or um, I've lost employees. Those those are areas that have been challenging for me, and I've had to find allow myself to forgive myself for mistakes that I've made that have cost me a good client or mistakes that I've made that have lost me a contract or mistakes that I've made that have lost an employee. You know, I could beat myself up for it, but at the end of the day, how, how does that serve anybody? So I've learned how to practice that self-compassion. Uh, it's a it's a powerful tool when we use it, and it can be a, a powerful tool that we can teach others as well. So that's what um, that's what I did with that young man, and that's what he did with me. So we need to take another short break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about compassion for others. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it there are artists and then there's alice asmar this award-winning artist has spent her entire life devoted to her artistic pursuits and has had a lifelong fascination with american indians of the southwestern united states her book dance to the great spirit showcases her drawings and paintings inspired by sacred rituals of the pueblo indians and four of her lithographs are in permanent collection at the National Museum of American History and the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, D.C. She is one of four artists in the United States to win a Woolley Fellowship for study in Paris at Les Colday Beaux-Arts and has been featured in numerous publications. She's exhibited at the world's most prestigious museums and galleries and recently won a 20-year service award from the Burbank City Council and the inaugural art competition of the Foundation of the United States in Paris. Visit www.asmarart.com www www.aliceasmarinternational.com and email alice at aliceasmar at aol.com. Okay, we're back. This is your host, Renee Murata, and you're listening to CEO Essence on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Before the break, we were talking about self-compassion, and I shared with you a story of a young man that I was working with and how I learned through the... through giving him compassion and seeing him compassionately and communicating him with compassion, how I learned that I needed to practice self-compassion. And that was something that I had not really done well at that point in my life. And I am still a work in progress, something that I work on routinely. I'll find myself um, caught up in that negative self-talk on occasion. And you know, I have to step back and say, okay, Renee, I can, you can be kind to somebody else. How come you can't be kind to yourself? So it's, it's, um, it's not an overnight thing. If you haven't done it and you have, it's not a part of your life right now, then it's certainly something that you can start doing a little bit at a time. And like I said before the break, when you, when you find yourself caught up in that negative self-talk, Stop and ask yourself, is that something that you would say to somebody else? That's the first place to start, right? Is that something that you would say to somebody else? Would you say to somebody else, oh my gosh, you, you, are, you failed at this and you're a failure and blah, blah, blah. Or would you instead be like, well, you know, um, maybe you could have done this a little bit differently. Maybe you could have, you know, stop and think of how you would say this to another person. And then if you find that those two things are different, then you're probably not practicing self-compassion. And it's probably time for you to stop and look in a mirror and start practicing it that way first. And then you'll get better at where you can start to actually use it constantly. 
you know, you'll find yourself, you'll catch yourself saying something to yourself and go, okay, wait a minute. No, that's not what I want to say. I want to say something different. And you'll re reinvent that self monologue that occurs. But then when we're, when, when we get, when we start talking about compassion, it's a something that we really need to consider when we're talking with other people, right? We're seeing other people's worth as well. So that's really what compassion is all about. It's being able to recognize another person as a, as a valuable human being and um, being able to recognize their intrinsic value. When you look at somebody and you see them as a worthy being, you know, you look beyond the color of their skin, you look beyond um, their gender, you look beyond their ethnicity or their religion or whatever else, and simply see them as a human being who has intrinsic value, then you're able to see them compassionately and be able to speak to them compassionately. This is an incredibly important thing as a leader. We have to, as leaders, we have to, we have to be able to deal with anybody. Right? The workforce is a global workforce now, and there's no getting around it. So people that have learned how to step into that have learned how to acknowledge that and see the intrinsic value value of another person, whether they agree with what another person is doing or saying or not still see them as a, as a valuable human being, then they're able to build connections. Now, I know most of you out there have worked for somebody who has been extremely challenging to deal with. I know that I have one in particular that um, tops all of them. And, um, you know, communicating with him, what, and it was a him, communicating with him was a daily challenge. It was not uncommon for him to, um, for me, he was never, he was never very uh, verbally abusive with me, but I certainly heard him be verbally abusive with other people. And so I had to look at him and still see him as a, as a valuable person human being. I had to be able to see him with compassion. I don't know his story. I don't know how he got where he got. I don't know why he was the way he was. And so being able to come from a heart space and still see him as human allowed me to communicate with him in such a way that there was communication. And um, it allowed me to leave the channels open in, in a way so that we could continue the conversation. You know, he would, um, well, I won't share some of the stories. They're not very pretty. But the, the point is we've all had it. We've all dealt with somebody like that. And when we are able to step back and come from the heart space, regardless, recognize that it's probably not us and um, that they're, upset about it's something deeper it's something uh on a side note or as you know um there was a situation i will share one situation where i had learned that we had lost a contract and he exploded at me um that was uh in fact that was the turning point in our relationship he exploded at me and i was able to recognize that it wasn't me he was angry about he was he was starting to feel desperate because we had lost several contracts at that point and um he was starting to feel like oh my gosh i'm doing something wrong and um well it can't be me it must be you know everybody around me and so he wasn't able to see people around him with compassion the rest of us a couple of us, not, uh, we were able to see him with compassion and we were able to continue working with him even after this um, incident occurred. And, um, you know, I, I knew it wasn't me personally that he was angry at. I was able to recognize that. We often are in a situation where if we are able to see another person compassionately or able to see their intrinsic value, we recognize those things even when they don't even when they, they themselves don't recognize what they're doing, we're able to do that. Recently, I was at a, um, a women's, um, women's event that I put on and uh, there was a woman there 
who she was homeless and she just a beautiful beautiful woman and I sat down and I invited her to come and share my dinner with me you know being able to see another person's value no matter what their station in life no matter what their story opens up some some opportunities for us so when she came over I learned that she was from Haiti she was um she was such a gracious young, uh, gracious woman, and she thanked me profusely for sharing my dinner with her. She had shared with me that she just had, sh- had a shy prayer, is how she put it, that um, somebody might come along and share their dinner with her, and she was ever so thankful that I had done that. And we sat down and had a beautiful conversation. She has so much to share with me about life and about the things that she had seen in life. And, and you know, by me being able to see her with compassion allowed me that opportunity to learn from this beautiful woman. So it's time I... It's, always surprising to me when I get told that it's time to go on another break. But here we are, time for another break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, listening with compassion. So stay tuned. Introducing BetterHomeAndGarden.com. That's www.BetterHomeAndGarden.com with just the letter N in Better Home and Garden. BetterHomeAndGarden.com offers you the highest quality products on the market that are environmentally safe and effective and to make them available to you at the lowest possible prices. BetterHomeAndGarden.com understands that kind of creativity and do-it-yourself attitude. Thus, we developed our website, BetterHomeAndGarden.com. BetterHomeAndGarden.com offers you the following products right online. Bath, bedding, collectibles, craft, sewing and hobby, food and beverage, furniture, home decor, kitchen and dining, lamps and lighting, large appliances, musical instruments, outdoor cooking, patio items, pet supplies, plant and garden, rug and floor coverings, small appliances, travel and luggage, and so much more. Better Home and Garden is an online retailer offering a wide variety of high-quality brand-name merchandise at discount prices. Our service is personal and we aim to please. Visit us at www.betterhomeandgarden.com. Make your home your own. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBC. Global Network. So welcome back. I am your host, Renee Murata, and we are on the BBM Global Network, TuneIn Radio. You are listening to CEO Essence. Um, before our break, we were talking about seeing other people with compassion and seeing them as uh, for the intrinsic value that, of who they are. Right? When we are able to see others with compassion, we're able to then speak compassionately with them and communicate in such a way that um, expresses expresses to them that you see them as having value. It, is, it allows you to express in such a way that um, there is this openness in communication and you're able to um, Create this, commu- create this connection between this other person. And I was sharing with you the story of Ariana, a, a woman that I met. She was uh, living on the street, beautiful, beautiful woman. And, you know, by me being able to see her as a human being, by me able being able to see the intrinsic value and the beauty of who she is as a person, we were able to sit down and share dinner together. And I was able to learn some, just some amazing 
amazing things about her as a person. You know, she shared with me some of the journeys that she had had and and um, some of the various places. She has two beautiful children. She has some grandchildren. And she was, um, you know, circumstances landed her on the street. She was actually, um, she had found a place where she could sleep at night. So she was safe. But in being able to communicate with her, being able to share this opportunity with her it was just such a beautiful moment and and just I, I don't even know how to describe it you know that that being able to see her that way and the compassion that I felt for her it was mirrored back at me she was able to see me also as who I am she didn't put me on a pedestal because I'm, you know, not on the street. She didn't see herself as not being a valuable person because she was living on the street. I certainly didn't look at her that way just because she circumstances led to that. She had a job. She was working her way back out of that kind of situation. And she, so, you know, circumstances just led to that. So when we're able to communicate compassionately you know there's um it's at a different level last week we talked about listening skills and using our listening skills listening with our body and being able to use that information when we're communicating with somebody and i talked about being able to come from the heart space when we come from the heart space when we feel into the words that somebody else is speaking, when we feel the energy of what somebody else is saying to us, and we feel that up in the heart space, we're able to um, open up and communicate more clearly, more um, openly. We are able to communicate more honestly. We are able to communicate in such a, more compassionately. When you start to feel um, kind of a reaction down in the pit of your stomach, when you're trying to communicate with somebody, be careful because you might be moving into pity. And when we move into pity, there's judgment there. It's no longer it's it's no longer compassion. It's no longer seeing somebody as a valuable now. A, a valuable being. Now, Ariana, for example, it would be easy for somebody to look at her and see her with pity. She lives on the street. And there's judgment in that. There's an assumption that maybe she's not working hard enough. Maybe she's on drugs. Maybe she's, you know, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of judgment that goes into seeing somebody with pity. However, by me being able to see her with compassion and be able to communicate with her with compassion, I was able to see her as a person of equal being who just had unfortunate circumstances. And so we were able to sit and have a, just a beautiful conversation. When we come from that space of openness, that, that heart space energy, it is a different energy. So we talked last week about listening skills, and I'm going to pull that into this week as well, because when so think about this right when your best friend calls you up and they're in a great mood you know immediately when you pick up the phone you can feel that before they even say anything you know that you know the person on the other end of the line is in a really good mood that's that heart space energy how about the times when people call up and you can feel before they even open their mouth that anger coming over the phone or you, you watch one of your colleagues walking down the hall and they just have that energy about them that you're like, uh-oh, what's going on, right? They're angry about something. That's that, that reactionary energy. Now, compassion and pity are, are a little bit different because for me, and maybe for you it's different, but for me, I feel that in my rib cage and my heart space or my rib cage and my gut. So when it's compassion is my rib cage and my heart space. And pity for me is in my rib cage and my gut. So I know people that feel it in the back of their rib cage um, as opposed to the front. So just you really need to start uh, 
feeling into where you feel the different kinds of energy. That kind of listening allows you to really tune into what's going on. So when I start to feel something in my rib cage, in my gut, I go, okay, where's the judgment in this? Am I not looking at this person as a as equal footing? Am I looking at them uh, with derision? Am I looking at them with anger? Am I looking at them, how, am, how, you know, what's going on here? Because there's judgment involved. However, if I feel that in my rib cage, in my heart space, and I know that I'm coming from a place of compassion and I'm able to, I know that I am going to be able to speak openly with somebody. I'm going to be able to speak honestly with somebody. And that's an important thing when we're creating that compassion communication to be able to hold that space. We are once again at another break. So we're going to go here in just a minute. We'll be back and we'll talk about integrity. So hold on. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it attorney renee marie smith is changing the way we sell real estate she wrote a series of books called my short sale guru guides for all real estate practitioners whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process an agent who has been handling short sales for years or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy to understand format through her company smith title services renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com isn't it time to sell your property today learn the my short sale guru way you're listening to ceo essence and i am your host renee marotta and we're coming to you live on the bbm global network and tune in radio before the break we were talking about compassionate communication and being able to listen compassionately, being able to use the energy around us, the energy in our words, the energy between between us and another person to really understand whether or not we're coming into the conversation compassionately or whether we're coming into it with pity. So one of the reasons for coming into this with compassion, you know, when when we deal with somebody compassionately, we see ourselves com- as um, with compassion, when we communicate with compassion, it builds a relationship with another person. It's um, other people trust you more. They they there's a there's research that has shown that they feel that you're being more honest with them. Um, there's a that kindness is something that is valued. It builds a it builds a connection that is an important thing in any kind of working relationship or any kind of relationship really. Um, so you know when you're working with somebody and you're able to be able to come from that compassion as opposed to pity, then there's um, a level of of trust that is created. And when um, I'm going to go back to this beginning of the show here where I was talking about the young man that I was working with, you know, when I was able to communicate with him in such a way that he felt 
he did not feel diminished. He felt instead like he had been lifted up. I was able to come with come with compassion and communicate that way. He was able to see himself compassionately. He was able to then take that and and build from it. It was an expansive kind of situation for him. I was able to create bridges for him. And in, in so doing, he was able to then take that and build upon that and create a different kind of self-image. And once he was able to create that different self-image, he was able to take that to another place and create a, he, he was able to step into a leadership role and create yet additional bridges. So it's, it's, a, it's a building block when we're able to do that, it creates this connection. It creates this sense of uh, trust. It's it's really what integrity is all about as well, right? So integrity is about um, being honest with another person, being able to be consistent, and somebody that you can that can be count, counted upon. If you're tearing somebody down. Right? You can't be trusted. You can't be, they can't count on you. They, they don't trust you. They don't, um, they're certainly not going to come to you for anything if, if you're going to tear somebody down. However, if you're going to communicate even difficult things in a compassionate way, then they, people feel that they can come to you. Um, one of the ladies that I work with now, she was sharing with me a story of how a team that she used to work with, the boss, they had had um, some challenges. Um, the boss would absolutely scream at the entire team. And so what that created, instead of the team wanting to um, come up to the level that she was screaming at them to come up to, it created more resistance within the team. So when when we're able to deal with somebody um, in such a way that they feel valued, right? There, there's that that relationship building that occurs, and that communication. Again, it comes from a heart space. It's an openness that creates more of a connection and a um, a bridge. So, when we are busy building bridges, um, that creates an environment that is a place where people can work and feel valued. It's a place where people are, um, the connections happen. There's an honesty, there's an integrity, there's a trust factor that happens. That trust, when we start to build on that trust and we start to um, build on it in other ways, where compassion, so that starts to trust, there's now integrity involved in the communication and honesty so it's just it creates a very cohesive environment where people feel comfortable to be who they are and that's really what we all want that's really what um well that's what i want anyway is to be able to be who i am no matter where i'm sitting no matter with whom i'm sitting there's a chinese proverb it's a that I really like. It says, there is no way to compassion. Compassion is the way. Compassion is the way. It is the way to create a better self-image. It is the way to create a better relationship with other people. And in so doing, it is the way to create a better team. And when, as leaders, right, this is, um, this is an integral part of a team building kind of environment is to have this environment where people feel they can be who they are, that they're valued as such, then they value themselves. They've, they feel that they're being heard, so they're going to step forward more. Then they're more likely to listen to the person sitting next to them. You now create this kind of environment where people feel they can hear each other and that the other person is going to hear them. When you, as a leader, practice this compassionate leadership, when you practice this compassionate communication, it trickles down into everywhere around you and it creates just a beautiful environment. 
I know this because I have this in my working place and in both of my businesses, both risk, integrity, safety, knowledge, and in CEO essence, I have created this, um, it's not just me, the team that I have now, we have this open communication that occurs amongst us and it's because there is compassion for each other. It's, um, yeah, it's just, um, I, if you're not there, if you're not in that kind of environment, work towards it. Work towards it. It's um, if you can start. If it starts with you, right? Self-compassion. That's where it starts, and then it just kind of blossoms out from there. And if you're in a leadership role, if you if you show yourself self-compassion and you can communicate compassionately with your team around you, it will change the environment that you're working in. It will shift everything for you. Compassionate leadership, compassionate communication, it's the way. So once again, we are at our final break. Um, So we'll take a break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like... I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Intergenerational programming is uniting America due to the tireless efforts of Dr. Ramona Frischman. Retired from the Miami-Dade County Public School System, Dr. Frischman continues to develop intergenerational learning programs aimed to improve the lives of children, young adults, and seniors through unique strategies and public policy in order to establish a mutually supportive agenda. She views intergenerational programs as a resource for policymakers and the general public on economic, social, and personal initiatives that govern our society. Her work bridges the generational gap, providing many individuals the opportunity to explore areas of common ground and celebrate each other's diversity. Contact Ramona Frischman at RamonaLong at AOL.com or visit www.gu.org to learn more about intergenerational programming. So we're back with CEO Essence. I am your host, Renee Murata, and we are on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And just before the break, we were talking about how compassionate communication can lead to a collaborative environment in the working place and um, create this kind of connection and relationship within, within the team members there and your organization. If you're in a leadership role, it's um, to your benefit to practice compa- compassionate communication. It's to your benefit to practice self-compassion. It's to your benefit to um, see others in a compassionate way because it does create this uh, environment where people start to trust each other, people start to trust you. It creates bridges that may not have been there. It allows other people to expand. You know, the young man that I was talking about at the very beginning of the show, it um, was created an expansive environment for him that he was able to build upon. And in, in building upon that, he was able to really blossom into this beautiful, um, leadership role that he now has and you know that's that's really what it's all about when we're a leader we really want to help other people to to grow into the best version of themselves and when we are a a compassionate being that's what we're doing we are able to look at other people and see the beautiful version of who they are 
and who they could be and help them grow into that. That's what compassionate leadership is. It creates a, um, an emotional connection and it's when you have an emotional connection, when you have that um, kind of energy in the working place, it's a whole lot more fun for one. <laughs> um, there's a communication that happens that it's, it's more trust-based. So I'm going to recap a little bit and then I'll um, share with you one more story. Compassionate communication is really more than just um, that um, not hurting someone else's feelings. It's really about being able to see the intrinsic value. It's about being able to see your own self-worth. It's really about being able to listen with compassion, which is a heart-spaced energy. It's a... um, it's an openness and an expansiveness that creates this just beautiful and, and trusting environment in the workplace. When we do that, it allows us to move to collaboration. Now, next week's show, we're going to be talking more about collaboration and what a collaborative kind of environment can be like. Um, and we're going to build upon the the last two shows, this um, listening skills and today's show about compassionate leadership, compassionate communication. We're going to move into collaboration. And um, so uh, just a quick story. I am, as I mentioned last week, I travel all of the time. And this week I happen to be in Gold Hill. I'm actually sitting in my mother's kitchen and uh, sharing my my story with you from here. My my mother has, she is one of the most compassionate people that I know. And she has shared so much with me over the years and really taught me a lot about seeing myself as a worthy person and that self-worth. And that um, she herself, she's she has such a strong sense of self and I admire her so much for that. It's funny that it took me so long for me to be able to do that myself and for me to be able, sitting at a table with this young man, sharing with him to recognize that my own self-talk was so negative because that's not what I grew up with. I grew up with this just beautiful talk. So, um, you know, it's um, it's fun to come back to our roots and to to be able to see where we've grown from and learn from. And I recognize how much my mother practiced compassionate communication with me over the years, and I'm thankful for that. So next week, we're going to talk about collaboration. This is Renee Barada with CEO Essence. I look forward to talking with you next week. Have a great week. Been listening to CEO Essence with host Renee Murata. Being your best in life and business comes when you practice compassion, build connection, balance masculine and feminine energies, and apply self care. Embody your CEO Essence with host Renee Murata. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 